It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Okay. You, you get the point. Um, so uh, Vivek Ramaswamy took me so long to pronounce his name, and now it'll take me very little to forget it. <laughs> uh, I just call him Swami. Yeah, he's, he's running for president, he thinks. And his platform is essentially that I'm just like Donald Trump, but I'm not. Um, and, uh, and, you know, because I'm not, I don't have all of the negatives that he has, but I have all of his positives. Exactly the same, but totally different? Yeah. And I have a message for Vivek. The first one. A message for Vivek. Ain't nothing like the real thing, Vivek. And there's no way you can win this race plagiarizing Rudy Giuliani and trying to be just like him because nobody's just like uh, I'm Donald sorry, Rudy Trump, Giuliani, Donald Trump with right. Rudy too. But nobody is like Donald Trump, uh, and and anybody who says he is is doomed to defeat. Um, DeSantis tried it, saying, "Oh, I'm just like Donald Trump. I have all of his positions, yeah. but I'm I'm none of his baggage. I don't insult people. I'm not nasty. Uh, I don't have any scandals." Uh, but people understand that that Trump is a unit. He's a whole personality, and everything that's part of him makes him up. Right. Uh, there's a great poem by Wordsworth where he says, of these one and all I weave the song of myself. And that's that's really what Donald Trump does. For example, people say, I wish he were nicer. I wish he didn't keep putting people down. Well, Kim Jong-un in North Korea uh, was developing nuclear weapons and has them and kept flaunting them. And he told President Trump, you know, you got to be easy with me because – I have a button I can push that's going to blow you up. <laughs> and Trump sent back, Buster, I got a bigger button than you do. <laughs> right. And, and you know that that, right. that neutralized the guy. He never hey, listen, said anything. You wouldn't ask uh, Patton and to, to be softer, would you? With Germany, right. All right. And if, if, uh, and if, the, if Trump had replied, uh, dear dictator Jun Kun Jong. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'll, let's back off threats. Let's not do that. That wouldn't do it. Right. But saying, hey, Buster, I got a bigger button than you do, right. so back down. Right. That worked perfectly. So Donald Trump minus the personality, uh, would be not Donald Trump. And Vivek Ramaswamy is learning that. Now, at the same time he's learning that, he's got a steep learning curve because he has offended. He has PO'd three of the biggest important forces in the Republican Party. The first is the pro-Israel lobby, by saying that he would cut off aid to Israel after uh, 2028, and he would reduce it to the same level as the aid to their Arab neighbors. So that means the cutthroats in the PLO and the cutthroats in Syria and the, uh, the cannibals in Iraq uh, would essentially get the same level of military aid as Israel does. Everybody understands that that's ridiculous. And it violates the 1978 Camp David Accords, where Jimmy Carter pledged to Egypt and Israel $3 billion a year of military aid, which we've been giving them for the last 40 years. 
Uh, and the reason they did that was because they agreed to indefensible, indefensible borders, giving up Gaza and giving up the uh, Golan Heights. So in compensation, they got military aid. Mm. And now Ramaswamy doesn't know that. And he says, oh, cut the aid. Well, cut the aid. You're pulling the rug out from under the whole peace process in the Middle East. And then the second lobby he offended is the Taiwan lobby. The Republican Party has always been singularly committed to Taiwan. Not the Democrats, but the Republicans. It comes from General MacArthur's days when he was commander in the Far East. And in fact, he was urging that the Korean War be expanded to include an attack on China and to free Taiwan. And in recommending a cutoff of aid to Taiwan and basing it on such a uh, such a mercenary motive as saying that what we need Taiwan for is computer chips and when we produce them ourselves and we no longer need them, screw them, cut off the aid, hmm. who cares if China invades? Hmm. That, that's a, that w- did not go down well with the Republican voters. And then about Ukraine, he echoed DeSantis's stupid statement, one that basically doomed his candidacy, when he said, I don't know what the big deal is about. This is a territorial dispute between Russia and Ukraine, and there's no vital interest of the U.S. at stake. Mm. That doomed his candidacy, because people understood that, yes, stopping Russia from taking over its neighbors and marching into anybody at damn well pleased, stopping them from doing that is a vital interest of the United States. Or also just keep doing it. And, yeah, so so when he did that, he, he really uh, n- nullified a huge portion of his Republican base. Then he comes into the race and he waltzes into it by a debate performance that absolutely reminded me of the second grader that shoots spitballs at people. <laughs> and when they turn around, he has a big, toothy grin to give Were them. you one of those kids? No, I was the recipient. <laughs> I believe it. And, I believe and, I was the one with the, the spitball. You give, were the recipient. And they gave, gave me a big, toothy grin and say, what, me? And that's just what Vivek Ramaswamy sounded like. <laughs> But the message to him is that he is not going to do well because there ain't nothing like the real thing. And voters are understanding that and they're staying with Trump and they're not going into the latest fad, Vivek Ramaswamy. This is the Dick Morris Show presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. left of me is Doug DePiro, <laughs> who is here right now and yeah. asked me a note to introduce him. No, guess, he didn't. Guess when he heard clowns to the left of me, That's he knew who I was talking about. Reminded me of me. But it's very good Look to be here with here. you. So Call I suffered everyone. through the Republican debate, the non-debate, the clash of the non-candidates, the clash of the people who would never be heard from again, uh, the people who were distinguished because they're running against Donald Trump. And uh, they are basically... They're the walking dead, <laughs> and they, they're the talking dead, and that's why they participate in the debate. But following them and keeping track of them uh, reminds me a lot about the keeping track of stuff that's totally irrelevant. 
and let's listen to the song that I made up about them. I love this. You're my favorite waste of time. Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, Asa Hutchison. You're my favorite waste of time. That's so funny. And that's what the debate is. That's what the first debate was. That's what the second debate will be. They're the answer to a trivia contest. And, uh, and it's, and so remember them for that reason. You can win your trivial pursuit game. This is the Dick Morris show sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. The, why do people run when they know they have no chance of winning? All right. DeSantis once thought he had a chance of winning. Uh, because in the January polling, January of this year, only nine months ago, uh, Donald Trump was ahead with 42 percent of the vote, but DeSantis was right on his heels right. with 33, and there was just a less than a 10 point margin between them. Now it's a 46 point margin, the testament to the world's worst campaign by DeSantis, mm. and uh, but and, and the reason he fell apart basically is because he never thought out his message. He just thought, I'm governor of, Calif- of Florida. I'm just going to write it large. I'm going to do the same thing in America that I did in Florida. And people realize that there's a thing called foreign policy. There's a thing called economic policy. There's a thing called interest rates. There's a thing called uh, fiscal tightness, um, which you don't have in a state, but you do in the federal government. And that being a good governor was not a full qualification to be a president, particularly not in this era. So DeSantis's method of running, his message, absolutely fell out from under him. It was like uh, the drawbridge opening, and he fell right in the middle. And he's left with no justification for his candidacy except the fact that he's already a candidate, and he's jumped in, and he can't jump out with dignity. He's raised, I think, something like $20 million, an outrageous amount of money, and he spent all of it. Uh, he had a staff. <laughs> he kind of brought the state of Florida with him. He had a staff of twenty, of, of 60 or 70 people. He's laid off maybe a third of them. They all need to go. And by contrast, Trump has a staff of less than 10. Right. So he just burned through his money, and he showed that he's a terrible, terrible candidate. Now, Tim Scott from... Uh, South Carolina, has a reason to run. Uh, he's trying to showcase himself. He's trying to open a category called black Republicans. And uh, I think that he has a reasonable shot, not a, not a great shot, but a fair shot of becoming vice president. And um, he certainly has a very good shot at a cabinet position and higher visibility, and that's why he's running. Christie, Chris Christie, is running simply because he's mad. <laughs> he's he's angry at the way he's been sidetracked in politics. He resents that he was forced out of office. Uh, he resents that he uh, that he's not able to make a comeback, and he's going to take that resentment out on somebody. And Donald Trump is right in the way. So Rhin- he's Rhinoso Chris, doing that. Rhinoso Chris, something right. like that. You know, you never got to use that. He wasn't relevant long enough. I know. <laughs> yeah. um, and then there's Asa Hutchison who. He's basically trying to be the un-Trump candidate. And you know those posters they used to have of 
and I still have of the polar bear on the ice cap, mm. and he's sit, he's standing on it, but it's melting under yes, his paws. Yes, yes, yes. And it's about to get wet. Well, that's Asa Hutchison standing on the anti-Trump platform. <laughs> it's just melting away under that's his good. feet. Very good. So God knows why these people are running, but the one fundamental message that I think all of them need to get is – uh, and we both know that there is no way that this, that these candidacies are going to survive. So they had their minute in the sun, and now. But the hardest thing to do is to tell a candidate when it's over. Um, because they all have every reason for thinking they can stay in. Initially, it was that there's a large group of Republicans that like Trump's policies but don't like Trump. And then it turned out there were very few of them and that they were eroding and they came to understand how important Trump was. Uh, and and they increasingly found it impossible to distinguish themselves from Trump, much less to run against them. And then their own momentum carries them forward and the hope that Trump will be convicted and it'll be, we'll be able to move on. Um, right. And um, that essentially keeps them in the race and keeps them dynamic going. Somebody once said there was no worse, I think it was Kissinger, there's no worse reason for being in a war that you, than that you're at a war <laughs> and that you just have to continue because you're there already. Let's go to Charlie in Westchester. Charlie in Westchester. Hey, Charlie. Yeah, hey, Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? God bless you, and I think what they're doing to Giuliani is terrible, oh. and all the rest of the guys in Georgia. Anyway, listen, I want to get to the main deck. This is the biggest story since this dog got into the White House. What happened to the non-blackout news story of this Chinese illegal lab operating in California making not only COVID, but dozens of other diseases, and it got no play on the major news networks. Can yep. you please answer that for me? Yeah, well, about that. Charlie, you're you're, you're my favorite unwaste of time. Yeah, that was that good, Charlie. So, that is so accurate, and I have a new book coming out, God knows when, I think in about 10 days, called The Biden Crime Family, and we talk about what China got in return for the bribes to Biden. And I think what it got above everything was to get off the hook for COVID. Nobody insisted that they open their labs to inspection. Nobody insisted that they let scientists in to examine what went on. And nobody investigated what is the greatest crime since the Holocaust, which is the unleashing of COVID on the world that killed six million people, including a million Americans. Instead, it got sidetracked by two, by a completely separate story which was how did it get released? Was it the the bite of a bat or was it the uh, leak from the lab? Mm. Well, I don't think it was either of those. I think this was a deliberate offensive by China aimed at toppling Trump from the presidency, aimed at stopping the U.S. economy, aimed at stopping the tariffs that were being imposed on China and have already caused a huge recession in China. And their goal was to defeat Donald Trump. And uh, this was deliberate biological warfare. 
And Charlie, the basic point that I guess I'd make is what the hell were they doing making this stuff in the first place? Okay, we got a virus here, and it could be deadly. But it's not, and it could get caught by humans, but it can't. So let's change it so it can be caught by humans, and let's change it so it is deadly to humans. That was that marvelous thing was called gain-of-function research. Mm-hmm. And not since they experimented with making Frankenstein has have scientists come up with something so horrible and such a terrible creation. And this was funded and sponsored by China. And why is there no accountability for that? Why have, is nobody talking about sanctions on China, higher tariffs, condemnation of China, excommunication from the global community, when they clearly, clearly deserve it? Yeah. At worst, or at best, what they did was they hand, were careless in the handling of this virus. At most, what they did was they deliberately unleashed it on the world, saying, yeah, we're going to kill 122,000 Chinese, and we got a lot where they came from, uh, but we'll also kill a million Americans. And that'll send the U.S. into a tizzy. It'll defeat Trump, and we'll get rid of our worst enemy. And it was essentially an assassination of a million people with the goal of killing one, Donald Trump. And And they uh, had so much dirt on Biden, all the corrupt stuff, that that's why... They, could, they knew they could it. skate with Biden, right. absolutely. Uh-huh. And uh, <clears throat> this crime has never been investigated, never been punished, never even been sanctioned. And you're right that it is the the major crime of the of the well, century. Charlie so was far. talking about something in in California. Did you say Charlie? Where was that? Yes, yes. They infected mice. With this disease, yeah. COVID. Yeah. I mean, where what are we doing here? That's where right. is the investigation? They were trying, they were right. trying to uh, see how communicable it was. Now, while well, that I think was, we found that out with people. Yeah, we did. Oh. Now, while that was going on, in the Patriot Act of 2001, Congress voted that you could not do gain-of-function research or biological warfare research on American soil. So... Dr. Anthony Fauci, ever mm. resourceful, went around the world to labs in other countries, not on the U.S. soil, sponsoring and paying for gain-of-function research with money from the United States. And part of that money went to the Wuhan lab to develop that, and others went to other countries. They set up a lab, for example, in Ukraine and in other countries around the world. And what is the reason for this? What is the gain of this gain-of-function? Their claim was that, oh, there is this horrible thing that could be developed. Ugh. This virus could be developed to hit so humans. So let's develop it? And No, yes, let's develop it so we can make an antidote. Right. We can't make an antidote unless we have the, Got it. the real thing. I understand. And, uh, and, and this was the most screwed up, ridiculous rationale possible. Now, not only has the media blocked that out, but about three months ago, Joe Biden announced he was resuming gain-of-function research. He was ordering American labs to continue down that line and experiment with it, which is which is horrible. It's a dunderhead. It's well, it's horrible, and it's it's really creating uh, our own destruction. People talk about how with the atomic bomb and the hydrogen bomb, we laid the basis for wiping out the world. Well, this one we sure did, mm. uh, and it damn near did wipe out the human race. And uh, it was only through Donald Trump's expediting this vaccine and making sure that the FDA didn't sit on its 
rear and go ahead and make this disease vaccine, get it out there, that he stopped 50 million people from dying and only 6 million actually died. Now, while I'm on the subject, this vaccine was never clinically tested. The FDA standards are before you can approve a vaccine, it's got to be clinically tested. We know that the vaccine doesn't kill people, but we don't know that it does any good. So we're going to let this vaccine out there to be used, and we'll issue an emergency certificate to allow it to be used. And the problem is that they have never returned to that. They've never updated it. And there were reports that the sample that was tested on was 26 people, and this approved this approved it for distribution throughout the world. Now, at the time, that made a certain amount of sense because, you know, what are you going to do? Wait two years to see if it has an adverse effect on people? In the meantime, 50 million people die? You can't do that. you got to get out there with something that you think is going to work. But then as soon as that's over, you get out there with something that you know works and you know is safe. And Pfizer and the FDA have refused to revisit the clinical testing. They're afraid that word will get out that it's not as effective as we think. And a lot of the scientists have said that it is effective, but only for a six or eight months. And then you need a new booster shot. And they've also said that each booster you do is less effective. And they've also said that eventually each booster you do has more and more side effects. And they're afraid that that'll get out. They're afraid it'll tank the Pfizer stock. Mm. They're afraid it will tank Pfizer's profit profitability. Who's they? And who's they? The Democratic Party and uh-huh. Joe Biden. Uh-huh. So and hear it again. Pfizer, uh, one third of their revenues in 2000, one half of their revenues in 2021 came from this vaccine. Wow. So they're totally financially dependent on it. And they gave Biden huge amounts of campaign right. contributions. And forget the campaign contributions. They delayed the announcement of the vaccine for one week until after election day. Right. Had that vaccine been announced the week before election day, Trump obviously would have been reelected. So they're being paid back a debt sure. by our not effectively examining the safety or the effectiveness of this vaccine. This is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. This is Dick Morris on the Dick Morris Show, sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, There was something very important going on in the polling in this race that has not been publicized. I don't think the story's even been broken. I just wrote a column on it last night that's going to come out tomorrow. That explains that Donald Trump is currently in the polls getting 10% of the vote of people who voted for Joe Biden in 2020 buyer's remorse. And Biden is getting only 2% of the vote of people that voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Big swing. So Trump is picking up 10 and losing 2 for a net gain of 8. And most polls, including my most recent one, show Trump 4 ahead. So his entire margin is coming from Democrats who have been people that voted for Biden who are now disaffected. 
Now, people sometimes talk about the independent vote, but this is much more important. These are people that we know vote. We know that they're real voters. And they admit that they voted for the wrong candidate, and they admit that they made a mistake. Mm. And now they admit that they need to correct it. They're using their brains. How, how many people do you think don't admit it, but where it's true? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. And that Trump's lead is really based on that, on buyer's remorse writ large. I think that's very, very important. In the future, we're going to refer to this as the crossover vote. Now, don't get it confused with the trans vote. <laughs> that's a different thing. But the crossover vote, I think, now is very significant. This crossover vote, which is something nobody has discovered yet, uh, I just took a deep dive into the polling numbers and came up with it. And this is based on the McLaughlin polling, McLaughlin and Associates. And uh, nobody else is measuring it, but they all better start because it's really important. And the subset of that is that Donald Trump is now winning 96% of the vote of Republicans. And Joe Biden is winning 84% of the vote of Democrats. So you have a very significant number, increasingly, of Democrats for Trump, uh, of, of, of Democrats for Trump, and it dwarfs any Republicans for Biden. And uh, that's very significant. They're finally realizing the truth, and they're finally realizing what's going on. Go to Elaine and Wayne. Hi, Elaine. Hi, Elaine. Hello. On Judge Janine's program about two weeks ago, they had Dr. Peter McCulloch on, and he said that the, he's an expert on these vaccines. He said these vaccines were engineered to cause harm. Well, I don't believe that. Uh, I believe the, the legal liability would be so much. I think you're, I think they, he's, he's collapsing something real, which is that it was not engineered to be a permanent solution. Most vaccines that we're used to are based on the idea of you kill a virus and then you give it to people and they develop antibodies to the dead virus or the very weakened virus. This vaccine was based on an entirely different theory. The, the virus has spikes that penetrate the cell membrane right. and disabled one of the spikes and said that will stop it from spreading. But then the virus mutates and develops new spikes and can then infect. Now, each time it mutates, it apparently weakens a little bit, which is good, but it's not the solution that, like, the Salk vaccine was. Um, go to David in Staten Island. Hi, David. Howdy, Mr. Morris. I would suggest that people realize that you have a, uh, a heck of a expression is don't put all your eggs in one basket. These shells are very delicate. It's going to be a very bad situation coming up that the Democrats are setting us up for. I think we are the center of the target globally. Look at the globe itself. On uh, North of Canada is Russia and China. And yeah. if it comes out right, China wants us, Russia wants Europe. Iran wants North Africa. That is the potential setup that is coming. Well, it's, I, I would that it is, it is as orderly as that, but I think your point is basically right. Nowhere is that threat more evident than in the threat to the dollar and the ability, the growing consensus among third world countries that are envious of the United States of toppling the dollar and making a new global currency based on gold. 
And what's happening is that five countries, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, have formed a group called BRICS, B-R-I-C-S, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, Mm -hmm. B-R-C-X, and they are going to issue their own currency. And they are going to require all oil sales that involve them to be in in the new BRICS currency or in gold, not in dollars. And uh, that's so significant. In 1945, when Franklin Roosevelt was dying, uh, which was only a month or two before his death, he had to go to Yalta to meet with Stalin and Churchill. And on the way back on his ship, even though he was dying, he ordered it to stop at Ridia in Saudi Arabia. And he met with King Saud, who was the king of Saudi Arabia. And he negotiated that oil sales would henceforth always be in dollars. And that set up the U.S.-Saudi relationship. It's why we protected Saudi Arabia, like in the Kuwait War. Because as long as oil was sold in dollars, the dollar would remain the main currency. But now Saudi Arabia, Iran... Egypt, United Arab Emirates, Argentina, and Ethiopia, six countries, are joining the BRICS group and saying we're no longer going to trade oil in dollars. We're going to insist that it be in gold or in this new BRICS currency. Now, that creates a little bit of a worrying problem. BRICS is really nice, B-R-I-C-S, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. How do you include Saudi Arabia, Iran, Ethiopia, United Arab Emirates, Argentina, and Egypt, and still make a plausible acronym. <laughs> That's so, what you're going with right now. <laughs> so my friend Denise Bassett set her fertile mind to work on this problem <laughs> and came up with Brick Seaway. Brick Seaway. Brick Seaway. B-R-I-C-K-S-E-E-U-A-Y. Happy birthday. And it's really pronounced, the spelling is B-R-I-C-S, Bricks, S, Saudi Arabia, I, Iran. Uh, EU, uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, Egypt, and Argentina. Wow. And BRICSUE is the new threat to the world. And I don't know if that word is going to be catch on, but thank you, Denise Bassett. And happy birthday. And happy birthday to you, too. Uh, so, but this is a very serious and real threat to the United States. The fundamental fact of American economics, the fundamental fact, is that you can, that we can print money when we take in, when we spend $6.5 trillion a year as we do. And we take in only $5 trillion in revenues. We have to borrow $1.5 trillion each year. And we don't actually need to borrow it. We just print it. The Federal Reserve Board says, hey, run the printing press for another $1.5 trillion. And the rest of the world accepts it. They take that money and they let us spend it. And why on earth would they do that? Uh, because they, because they're committed to doing that and the United States basically forces them to do it. And, uh. But there's confidence in the dollar. Yeah, they believe the dollar isn't going anywhere. They believe it's very strong. Mm-hmm. But now that the dollar has lost a quarter of its value since Biden took office, let that sink in. Since Biden became president, the dollar has lost wow. one quarter of its value. Wow. You think you were being paid seventy a hundred thousand dollars when Biden took office, you're now being paid seventy five thousand. You haven't gotten a pink slip, you haven't gotten a pay cut, but in fact you have, 
because you've done you're, you're like standing still on the escalator, but in fact it's going down, mm. and uh, and that that's becoming clear. So, but if we have a new BRICS currency based on gold, we will not be able just to print gold, just to print dollars, because it will then have to be converted into a gold-backed currency like BRICS, and then you can go ahead and lend it. But you can't just go ahead and print it because we can't print a foreign currency. So this is all a way of China to dismantle the American defense budget, in my judgment. Uh, China, China arms itself to the teeth in a global race with the United States. And we're a little bit better than they are, but they're still really in contention. And China earns its deficit, earns its money by a trade surplus with the U.S. By manipulating its currency and having unfair trade practices, they pile up a $400 billion a year trade surplus with the United States, which goes right into funding their defense budget. We fund our defense budget by borrowing the money by printing it. Mm. And if they, we go to BRICS and we go to the gold standard, we won't be able to do that anymore. And that's the play that China is launching to try to get us. Gold finger. And you know which finger. <laughs> He's the man. <laughs> the, man the pinky. The pinky. <laughs> yeah. He's good. the man with the Midas touch. Um, Oh, and did she say that in the... In the yes, she did. She did. Goldfinger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's hear it again. That was... Yeah. Goldfinger. It's from Bond. Yeah. Was that the first Bond movie? He's the man, the man with the Midas touch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Goldfinger. Uh, and, uh, and we will not be able then to spend as much as we want on defense. We will not be competitive with, with, uh, with China. And the two of the six countries that are coming into the BRICS matter a great deal. Ethiopia, United Arab Emirates, Argentina, Egypt, who cares? But Saudi Arabia and Iran mm. together are the second and the fifth largest oil producers in the world. And you have the, and you have China, uh, which is the largest oil consumer. And you have Russia, which is the third largest oil producer. The only one left out here is the United States. We produce 12 million barrels a day. Uh, Russia produces 11, Saudi Arabia 10, Iran like five. And uh, so this is a huge portion of the global energy market that will now not be traded in dollars. Mm. It'll be traded in gold. And why do you think Biden let that happen? Hmm. Why do you think he hasn't intervened? Why do you think he hasn't even complained about He's it? on the take. Or sanctioned him. He's on the take. Of all the things that China got from Biden, number one was immunity from the COVID virus, the political and economic blame for it, and the second is the ability to replace the dollar as the global currency. So that's what China got in return for this. This is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Okay, 
Okay, everybody. Get set to go to work. Uh, this segment of the show is dedicated to one of the great men of our times, Rudolph Giuliani. Greatest. Uh, he protected New York City in a way nobody else has ever done. Crime was an intractable problem. Nobody felt it could be solved. It had become a complete political football, and everybody was kicking it around. And Rudy came in and understood how to stop crime in New York. And he did it with three theories that were all applied, that all worked beautifully. The first was stop and frisk. He said that we, that, mer- that people walking on the streets of a high crime neighborhood at three in the morning or four in the morning should be searched to see if they have firearms. And if they do, if those guns are unregistered, unlicensed, illegal guns, arrest them on the spot, take them off the street, mm-hmm. and sentence them to a mandatory minimum of three years in jail. And I forgot the guy's name, Burgess, I think, a very famous football player at the New York Giants. Burgess, Burgess Meredith? No, no, no. no. Get Burgess. Burgess. Oh, Owens? I'm getting the name wrong, yeah. yeah. And he was arrested and convicted under that. And spent was he? Oh, I don't remember Three years that. in jail, the, and he the, was the Giants' leading wide receiver. The, the cops had a, a little mantra, we own the night. Yeah. That okay. was that thing with this, we own but, the night. But the idea was that uh, that you really could isolate the people that were going to use their guns. The, the this is the only form of gun control that the right and the left basically agree on. and uh, And it worked fabulously. And then the second big thing was known as the broken windows yeah, theory, great. which is that you can arrest someone for very minor offenses, which will in turn stop them from doing very large offenses Absolutely. because they'll have a record or they'll be in jail. And you may not be able to catch them killing someone, but you can catch them breaking a window. And uh, that was enormously effective. Because he figured if they break a window today, they're going to do something different tomorrow or whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't let them go. And then the third theory was that, was that we had a list in New York City, we still do, but we don't use it, of, uh, at that time, I think 600,000 people who were wanted on bail. They skipped before their trial, they were never apprehended, and they just absconded. They just walked off. Mm-hmm. And we had their names, their addresses, their fingerprints, and their photographs. And we didn't do anything about it. All we did was when they got busted for something else, they checked the record and say, hey, you're wanted for murder. Uh, so they would go around giving out parking tickets and traffic tickets. And when they ran into someone who was on the list, they would <laughs> pick them up. Right. One and they would of- just wait for them to commit another crime. So Rudy said, no, this is a mailing list of criminals. And he set up a squad called the Bench Warrant Squad, the anti-crime unit was called. And they went door to door and busted these people, picked them up and brought them to prison to serve out their sentence or to resume their their status as parolees. And uh, these steps together, stop and frisk, minor crimes, and the bench warrants together, brought the murder rate in New York City down from 1,996 to 452. Right. Remember that. Uh, over a period of two years. Just an amazing, amazing solution. Now, since then, it's fallen apart. Because the left says you can't just stop and frisk anybody because you need probable cause. And just being at the high crime neighborhood at four in the morning is not probable cause. 
But now we could bring it back because we have remote radar detectors. Right. And we can shoot a radar detector at a guy and say there's a lump in your pocket on the right side. Ray what Ke- is that? Ray Kelly had something yeah. to do with this, yes. right? And I at least so. we'll know it's metal. We won't know if it's a gun. But if it is metal, that gives us probable cause to search you. And when if you want to stop the crime problem in America, you want to stop it dead, you just do that. Just bring that back. That's right. And all of this debate about Tough gun love. control, deliberately kept active by the left so that they can use the murderers to get their ultimate goal, which is to take our guns away, uh, is ridiculous. Uh, with stop and frisk, you can avoid that entirely. But Rudy Giuliani needs a friend right now. He is being persecuted and isolated and fined and possibly and soon jailed uh, for absolutely nothing. Uh, he's a lawyer, and he was defending his client, Donald Trump. And when he said the election was stolen, first of all, he had a factual basis for it. I believe it was stolen. And he was just exercising his free speech, doubly so as an attorney exercising his free speech in in the courtroom on behalf of his client, Donald Trump. And uh, Giuliani uh, has been arrested for that, indicted for that, and standing trial for it. Now, I don't think he's going to be found guilty, but I do believe he'll be bled to death. It's disgusting. I do believe that this guy who, unlike so many others, chose not to enrich himself at public service and chose not to accept multi-million dollar fees or bribes or payoffs, but instead to be honest and serve the people, is now facing a cataclysmic end. And we need to help him. Everybody who listens to this show who agrees with what I'm saying for God's sakes, you can afford 25 or 50 bucks. We want you to go online to rudyfund.com, R-U-D-Y-F-U-N-D, rudyfund.com, mm-hmm. and give him money. I gave him $1,000 this morning. I'm going to give him too. And uh, and he's raised, I think, only 9000 Ridiculous. He needs like $4 million. And uh, people that listen to this show need to contribute. This is not some optional thing. This is not some pie-in-the-sky thing. This is somebody that really has bled and died for you. You know. And we need to step up and make him whole. I got to jump in here. When I was, whatever, 17 years old, I had an apprenticeship at J. Walter Tompton, my advertising, illustration, all that stuff, right? I was down here in Times Square, Dinkins. And I'm not kidding. It was like a movie. Guys would come up to me with a big thing. Hey, what do you need? And they had... They had hypodermic needles and heroin, and it was peep shows for $2, right? Rudy came in within whatever, a year later, two years later, and basically a couple of years, it was a Disney store. There's a dichotomy of Rudy. He was my hero. He stole my hero. When I see him, I tell him that every time. This guy was amazing. For these people to do this to Rudy Giuliani is absolutely disgusting. Just what he did for New York, that but, way he saved the city. But let's not That's blame. That's my rant. I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. Let's not blame these people. Let's look in the mirror and say who is not helping Rudy Giuliani get funded. You mean right now, right? Right now. Oh, good. Every single person that's listening to this show, I think I draw something like 100,000 people today, uh, should... Should get online, bucks, fifty bucks. Get online to RudyFund.com, and uh, absolutely vital that we do this. We can't sit by and let this man die, being bled to death on the battlefield. He's a legend. When He's he was amazing. fighting for us, fighting for us in New York, 
uh, fighting for us in Georgia in this stupid criminal case. Carol King, I think, had it right. You've got a friend. And he's a beautiful man. He's just a funny guy to talk to. Yeah, and, and he's very he's just human. just a great guy. Down to earth. With Maria. But, They're great. But he does not deserve what's happening to him. Do you realize that if they can go after attorneys who are representing people, what does that do to the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution that gives us all the right to an attorney, to a right to a counsel? Uh, you know, Miranda writes, you have a right to an attorney. If you can't afford one, he'll be appointed right. for you. Uh-huh. What does that do to that? If when you tell your attorney, I did it or I did something else, he turns you in and you end up being in jail. It breaks the whole system That's down. That's essentially what they're doing with Rudy. And it completely destroys the right to counsel. Mm-hmm. And these leftists don't care about that. They have no respect for what Rudy has done. Oh, God. They have no respect for his past. And forget even that. He's the one that really broke the story of Wall Street scandals. That stopped, yeah, I don't know if you remember the movie, Other People's Money. Yes. Um, I think Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Uh-huh. And it, and he broke that up with his prosecutions. He was essential in doing that. And the mob, the mob was a major factor in New York uh-huh. and many throughout the country. And Rudy broke them by, by investing, oddly enough, coming up with the statute he's being convicted under, the RICO statute, right. racketeering the RICO organization. Act. Uh-huh. It says, I don't care what you did. I care what the group you're part of did. Uh-huh. And But in this case, they're saying it's a RICO, but a RICO has to have a crime behind it. A RICO to rob a liquor store, a RICO to distribute drugs. Yeah, explain that. You did that yesterday. This RICO yesterday. was to get Trump elected, <laughs> which is not illegal. <laughs> so the idea of RICO is it doesn't matter if you did anything illegal. Mm-hmm. The group you're a part of did something illegal. Right. But they can't say what they did illegal. They tried to get Trump elected. So uh, that's ridiculous, and I think it'll be tossed, but not before they bleed Rudy to death. Oh, not before they absolutely suck him dry so of please, money. RudyFund.com. RudyFund.com. Uh, so please, please, RudyFund.com. R-U-D-Y-F-U-N-D.com. Take action now. You can afford 50 bucks. You can afford, I hope, 100. Uh, and give your money. Please, please, please. This is absolutely vital. If we let him down now, who will ever stand up for us again? Right. Go to Eddie in Staten Island. Hi, Eddie. Hey, Mr. How you doing, Mr. Morris? Good. I just want to know, do you know that today, September 3rd, 2023, there's a Wuhan-type lab in Sacramento, California? Yeah. Your prior caller explained that. It had like six or 700 mice. Yeah. Well, I, I, I explained, Eddie, that, that Fauci went around the world setting up these labs because he wasn't permitted to and do it in the United them, States. That's one of them. I don't know if that's one of them, but certainly. And, and Biden, three, two, three months ago, said it was okay to pursue gain-of-function research even on American soil. And that's what that lab is probably about. After this disease has killed half the world, he... He approves of continuing to research it. Absolutely incredible. Um, Daniel in the Bronx. Um, so in terms of election fraud, compared to the 2020 election, 
do you anticipate the 2024 election to be less secure, as secure, or more secure? It'll be more secure, but I don't know if it'll be totally secure. We have to separate the election fraud from the election fraud. In certain of the votes were stolen. They were forged. They were people that weren't eligible to vote. Uh, there were signatures that didn't match. There were people who were dead. There were people who had moved and so on. And we're going to try to catch those. We're going to have lots and lots of lawyers at every polling place. We're going to have uh, $30 million worth of people who are going around. In the past, the Republicans haven't paid people to do that. We will. And um, we think we're going to be able to catch most of that. But the other half of the fraud that was the majority of the fraud wasn't illegal at all. It was Democrats being smart and Republicans right. being dumb. Right. Democrats realizing that early voting was here to stay and that they needed to get their people to vote early. When I worked for Clinton, we had 100 million votes. Uh, under the last election, we had 165 million. You got, that means crowds, it means lines, it means logistical impossibility. And to do that, you have to do mail-in voting. And we should get there first with our ballots and get them to vote early. Forget this business of voting on election day. It's nice and romantic. Yeah, right. You can tell your children that, but forget it. Go with voting on the same, mm-hmm. voting by mail or by, uh, absentee like ballot. Like with Fetterman. He had all those votes. Before. Fetterman had 600,000 votes before Election Day. Right. This is a program sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. And please, 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 I beg you, do what I did. Do what the woman who's in the studio with me now Sandra. Did. Sandra did from New Jersey. Give Rudy Giuliani money. RudyFund.com. R-U-D-Y-F-U-N-D.com. God bless Rudy Giuliani. My honor, Please, Dick Morris. You bless him. My honor to be here with you, Dick Morris. Thank you to Frank and Dean. This is New York's talk leader, the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. 77 WABC News starts now. It's 84 and sunny on this Sunday, September 3rd. Good afternoon. I'm Liz Radabali. The